good morning. God bless you. Thank God for you. Hey, we're the day after the resurrection of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Uh, just think about that for a moment. Uh, we're celebrating today. We should be celebrating today, maybe. I don't know. Because uh, today, kind of, it was finished when he's on the cross, but something special has taken place uh, today. Amen. And it's not like we're tired, you know, and then all of a sudden we have to get into the Easter, you know, uh, we got to be tired. We got to be lazy because it was su such a rough weekend. Two, oh, I, I forgot today's Tuesday. So we're really into it two days after. Uh, amen. But my, my point being is, you know, right now the stage was being set. Uh, you know, it, it are, we already won the victory. I'm going somewhere with this, so just hold on with me. We already got the victory. It was established in Christ Jesus on the cross of Calvary, but now we have these 50 days here where, where something great was going to take place, and that was Jesus uh, you know, setting the power on us or releasing the power, uh, the Holy Spirit coming to the earth, uh, which was prophesied of Joel. The Holy Spirit would come to this earth, and, and things would then rapidly change because... Uh, we have the promise from the Father. We have the power, might, ability, uh, efficiency, according to Acts chapter 1, 5, Acts chapter 1, 8, Acts chapter 2, 1 through 4. But I want to talk to you a little bit about today, today about uh, tongues, the gateway to the supernatural, tongues. Now, when I say tongues, obviously, uh, the author of tongues is the Holy Spirit. So we could say it like this, the baptism of the Holy Ghost uh, which yields your prayer language, tongues, glossolalia, an unknown, unlearned prayer language and or language of the kingdom of God given to each person that asks God for it. So that, that Greek word is glossolalia. I, I love that because a lot of people, when they come up to the altar to receive, a lot of people, when they try to pray in tongues, they think it's a language that you have to learn and or is like downloaded into your brain. No, uh, you, you can learn Italian, you can learn English, uh, you can learn French, you can learn, you know, on and on it goes, the, how many languages there are in the world. You, you can learn those languages. Uh, this language is given to you in your spirit and is only accessed by your, you know, from your spirit, by your spirit, and, and then prays through your flesh, through your being. Uh, but it's a spiritual language given to you by God. But uh, when you understand that tongues are the gateway to the supernatural, uh, that that's where I want to get today. But before we get there, I, I want to debunk some uh, some uh, I don't know religious myths. And why why are people so afraid of tongues? Why why is the the body of Christ in in its fullness, meaning every religion? Why out of like I don't know how many religion Christian religions there are, but let's just say there's like uh, ten you know authentic real Christian religions. But why out of that are only the quote unquote Pentecostals or Pentecostal type churches? Why do they are they the only ones that welcome the Holy Spirit? and don't have a problem with, with praying in other tongues. I'm going to tell you in a second, but I want you to think about that. Uh, it, we need to understand, and I think very clearly, that the reason is the, the fear uh, that comes with it is, is the fear that is bred into us by way of religion. And the fear of religion, or, or that comes by religion, is ignorance. 
And if when we get into 1 Corinthians chapter 12, uh, Paul said, I don't want you to be ignorant concerning spiritual gifts, brethren, or I, I don't want you to be lost, or I don't want you to be learned, I don't want you to be caught off guard concerning the things of the Spirit. And the very thing that Paul warned us about is exactly what we have done, is we become ignorant concerning the things of the Spirit. So uh, let's look at, like, why would someone, let's look where the Holy Spirit comes from, and then I think we'll answer uh, why you should not fear, no matter what religion you're of, no matter where you come out of. Uh, let, let's just look and see uh, the author beyond the Holy Spirit, the author of the Holy Spirit, and we'll find this in Matthew chapter 3 starting in, in verse uh, 11. It says, I, Matthew is speaking here. He says, I indeed baptize you with the water unto repentance, but uh, he that cometh after me is mightier than I, whose shoes I'm not worthy to bear. He shall baptize you with the Holy Ghost and with fire. So two different things here. The Holy Ghost, uh, the Spirit, the person of the Holy Spirit, the Holy Ghost, we could say the Holy Spirit, and with fire. Uh, whose fan is in his hand, and he will thoroughly purge the floor and gather the wheat into the garner, but he will burn up the chaff with unquenchable fire. All right, so Jesus is the baptizer of the Holy Ghost and fire. Jesus is the one. So when you want to be baptized in the Holy Ghost, you don't ask Pastor Summerlin. You don't ask one of the leaders. You don't say to a leader, hey, can you baptize me in the Holy Ghost? No, you're going to ask Jesus. He's the one that baptizes you with the Holy Ghost and fire. So if a gift comes from Jesus, how could it be bad? Or, or how could it not be for today? Or how could it be demonic? Or how could it be weird? Or how could it be spooky? I'll tell you why. Because we re have religiousized some biblical things uh, in our ignorance, and, and we have you know made them weird. We've made them spooky. But this... Uh, but the baptism of the Holy Ghost should be just as natural, uh, sh should be just a, a, as, you know, day-to-day. Uh, -day not, not that salvation is day-to-day, -day, but it should be just natural as receiving Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. You receive Jesus Christ uh, by faith. Uh, the Bible says uh, you're, you're saved by faith through grace, not of yourself, it is a gift of God. But uh, you receive the Holy Spirit the same way, by, by way of faith. And it's information. I read, I gain information, and then I decide if I want it or not. If I want it, I use faith to get it. So if I use faith to receive Jesus and then eternity in Christ Jesus, which will be a heaven, the same way that I receive the offer of the Holy Spirit or the promise of the Holy Spirit, I do it by way of faith. But why is that different? Why is that weird? And the only reason it's different or it's weird is you were taught incorrectly or you weren't taught this part of the scripture. Therefore, to you it's weird, but it's not weird in and of itself. I'm preaching pretty good. Amen. Let's look at some of these benefits that I wrote down quickly this morning, and then I want to get into the gateway, uh, tongues, the gateway to the spiritual. The benefits praying in other tongues. Um, th these are all uh, biblical-derived points I'm giving you, uh, but it's in the, in the initial sign. Praying in tongues is the initial sign of the baptism of the Holy Ghost. Now, why do you say initial sign? Because you don't have to pray to prove you have the Holy Ghost after you receive him initially. So now t you say, well, can I pray in tongues whenever I want? Yes. When you receive the Holy Ghost, you get a, a personal, tailored prayer language that God gives to you. Now, your prayer language is the only prayer language like it on the planet. Every single individual that receives the baptism of the Holy Ghost gets their own 
personal prayer language. Are you kidding? So let's say there's 8 billion people on the planet. If every person on the planet said, I want the baptism of the Holy Ghost, they got born again, the only prerequisite to receiving the baptism of the Holy Ghost is salvation. So 8 billion people get saved. And then 8 billion people said, uh, God, uh, Jesus baptized me in the Holy Ghost. There would then be 8 billion languages on the planet, meaning Holy Ghost languages. Now, they're, they're similar in a sense, but they're all unique to you. The Holy Spirit gives to your spirit uh, words to speak for you, your prayer, you to pray, you to talk to God, you to utter, you to release something. It's, it's for you. It's not just one language. No, no, it, it, it's the one language to God, but it comes uh, severally to each person. Oh, man, I'm preaching pretty good. Uh, so we know it's the initial sign of the indwelling of the Holy Ghost. Now, can, this is a question I get asked. Can I get filled with the Holy Ghost and not pray in tongues? The answer is no. Now, a, a lot of things come to Christians without the indwelling of the Holy Spirit that the Holy Spirit's involved with, and we confuse those things. Uh, like, okay, when you receive Jesus Christ, the Holy Spirit's involved with that. You're not being you're not being filled by way of Matthew chapter three. Jesus comes after us, is my dear nice shoes. I'm not worried. Latch. He'll baptize you, in the Holy Ghost, and fire. That's not salvation. All right, when you receive Jesus, what part does the Holy Spirit have in it? The Holy Spirit works with your spirit, works with your heart. Uh, in, in, in preparing you to receive Jesus, but that's not you taking on the fullness of the Holy Spirit. So, uh, yeah, there's a lot of elements of the Holy Spirit at work uh, at the time of your salvation, but that's still not the fullness of the Holy Spirit. Come on now. So uh, we see that uh, the initial sign of the indwelling. So when I receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit, in every person that we see in the book of Acts, that got filled, that received the baptism of the Holy Ghost, uh, we see those that were there saw something. But then the Bible records that they saw them praying in an unknown tongue, glossolalia. So we, we see they asked for it, they received it, and then there was the evidence of it. It, it would be like this. It would be like you saying, hey, uh, God, not hey, but God, I need a miracle. Uh, and then uh, you say, I receive the miracle, but we don't see the evidence of the miracle. Well, then now you could be talking by faith. We're not talking about by faith. You've already received by faith. The miracle should be evident. There should be evidence of that miracle. So let's say you walk into a, a service and you need two arms. Maybe your arms got cut off at the elbows. And someone says, did you receive your miracle? And you say, yes, but we look at your arms and they're still not there. So, no, you didn't receive the miracle. You may have been in a miracle, you know, uh, there was like a spirit of, uh, spirit of the miraculous, but you didn't receive. You getting your arms would be evidence of you receiving the miracle. That's the same way it is with the Holy Spirit indwelling and then the evidence of the tongue showing that he's present uh, and engaged with you in a different way than dealing with you to receive Jesus. I hope that's clear to you. Uh, now the Bible also wants to give me these points. says that he that speaketh in an unknown, unknown tongue uh, talks to God or speaketh unto God, King, King James. We also see uh, he that prays an unknown tongue edifies himself or builds himself up. He that prays an unknown tongue speak, speaketh out mysteries. Now, they're mysterious until you speak them out. 
And then when uh, you speak them out, it's a mystery no more. Uh, but God's just trying to birth something here uh, in society or in humanity. Now, uh, another one, James in 20, it says it builds up your faith. Now, I don't care how you cut it. Uh, how could someone say something that comes from heaven, a promise from God that comes by way of the Holy Spirit or comes by way of Jesus, a third person of God, the Holy Spirit that comes on the inside of you? I don't care what he gives me. I don't care how odd to my flesh it is. If it comes from the kingdom of God by way of Jesus, the author and the finisher of my faith, and it helps me, why wouldn't we want it? No matter how odd it is to me. Hey, yeah, uh, you have, you've taken on in your carnal mind, you've taken on uh, an idea, a a, a lifestyle, um, you know, the way you think, the way you process uh, of the world. So the things of God sometimes are odd or different. Uh, you know, with a worldly mind, until you be, take on a heavenly mindset, they're different. That doesn't mean it's wrong. Now, you know, if praying in tongues is different to you, you can't say, well, it's different, it's wrong. No, it'd be like eating a, a food you've never eaten before, then say, I've never eaten that, so it's wrong. That doesn't make it wrong, it just means you've never tasted it before. And if you taste it, you may, may understand something different uh, that you, you may have been missing. I don't know. Come on, are you here? Say amen. But I like June 20. It says it builds up your faith. Now, uh, I need my faith built up. You need your faith built up. God only requires of us a, a seed of faith. He, he, just, he doesn't say, master faith, and you can receive from me. He says, understand that faith uh, comes to you by way of seeds, but you have to birth out of your mouth uh, the gate. Uh, you have to release out of the gate of your being a seed, and it's in that seed that I'll produce a harvest. But if God is going to help uh, my faith, by praying in tongues, I need to pray in tongues all day long because I need all the help I can get with faith. Faith is the currency of heaven. Uh, faith is the way that God's given us to create the promises or to manifest the promises of the kingdom of God. The attack of sa Satan's attack on the body of Christ is the attack of faith. There's an attack on faith. So if God says you can pray in the Holy Ghost and build up your faith, I don't care how you spend that scripture. I don't care what what uh, you know, uh, you know, uh, you know, NIV whatever you know Bible you read it out of. At the end of the day, it's still saying that you pray in the Holy Ghost. It has a positive effect on your faith. You need to learn how to pray in the Holy Ghost or receive the Holy Spirit. Uh, we also see here. Uh, uh, with the interpretation, which Paul said you can pray in tongues and you can ask for the interpretation of the tongue, it's equivalent to prophecy. Not the, You don't become a prophet. Hold on. It's equivalent to prophecy. That's not the prophecy from the prophet's office, but it's still the foretelling of, of an event from the throne room of, of God, prophecy. So a tongue, an interpretation of tongue, is equal to prophecy. So you can prophesy when you pray in tongues if you receive uh, the interpretation. Uh, Jesus is the baptizer of the Holy Ghost. Why wouldn't you want it? If it comes from Jesus, why wouldn't uh, Baptists, do you believe in Jesus? The answer is yes, they do. Uh, um, what's the other ones, Dylan? Episcopalian, Lutheran, yeah, what is it? 
Presbyterian, do you all believe in, in Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior? And every other denomination. I know there's even Catholics that believe in Jesus. If you believe in Jesus, why don't you ask Jesus, the one, the author and the finisher of your faith, and say, Jesus, if you're the baptizer of the Holy Ghost and fire, I want it from you. And why don't you just trust your Messiah? Why don't you trust your Lord? Why don't you trust your Savior that it's a promise from him, and if it comes from him, you want it, and forget about what you don't know or forget about what you weren't taught. If the Bible says clearly in Matthew 3 that Jesus is the author and the finisher of our faith, it, or, or, and he's the one that comes with the Holy Ghost, rather, uh, if we see in Luke that Jesus was filled with the Holy Ghost, uh, we see in Matthew here in a few, uh, right after uh, chapter 3, Jesus returned filled with the Holy Spirit from the wilderness. If we see Jesus, when he was baptized in water, he hovered over the water. The Holy Spirit descended from heaven and sat upon Jesus as a sign for us to know that he received the Holy Spirit. Acts 10.38, how God filled Jesus with the Holy Ghost, who went about doing good and healing all those who were oppressed with the devil, for God was with him. I mean, come on, uh, it comes from Jesus. It doesn't come from a Pentecostal church. It doesn't come from a Pentecostal pastor. It doesn't come from a, a weird service. The Holy Spirit comes to you by way of your Messiah, your Jesus, your Savior. Uh, it comes from him. So why don't you ask him for it? Amen. Um, every person baptized in the Holy Ghost prays in tongues. Uh, yes, that's the evidence. I'm just going through some points. Uh, it takes you into the uh, in, into depths of the spirit realm, and that's a, a truth. Now, that doesn't say it, it, it takes me and makes me weird. The things of the spirit should never make you weird, and they shouldn't make you odd to society. Uh, the scripture actually tells us that tongues is a sign for the non-believer. So you being weird and, and you uh, mysticizing uh, the things of the spirit, or, or, or you making them like adding your personal uh, theatrics to it, that doesn't help it. The, the, the very simple uh, meaning person evidence that God has created for it to yield is perfect for everybody that hears it. And you don't need to say, well, I think it should be more dramatic. Well, I think added to it should uh, me to, to lay on the ground and moan. I think added to it is, is for me to grab a prayer shawl and cover up and make weird noises. I think added to it should be, I think we should add this. No, no, no. You don't need to add anything to it. Now, if you want to add to it, that's your personality, do it at home. Uh, but don't start freaking people out and acting weird uh, because that's just who you are. Just be normal. Praying in tongues is normal. When people see you authentically operating in the gift that God's given you of the baptism of the Holy Ghost, it will not be offensive to the lost. It'll be offensive to the religious, but it's not going to be offensive to the lost. Come on, say amen or something out there. It's a spiritual communication. Once again, we communicate uh, with God. Uh, back to the, it takes you into the depths. Uh in the spirit realm, the Bible says you build yourself up. You don't build your spirit up. You build your flesh up. You build that, that carnal side of you matures by praying in the Holy Ghost. You elevate uh, your being. You elevate your soul. The ideas, the appetites of your soul are, are lifted up or elevated. So it's not like your spirit gets stronger and stronger. You become the spiritual giant. It's that your spirit begins to have an effect on the other two parts of you that desire the world. 
and begin to change your appetite. You do that by praying in the Holy Ghost. Now, I want to get to this. I don't, I don't even know what time it is. I'm not worried about it. Amen. But go into 1 Corinthians. I want to show you now the gateway, uh, the, you know, tongues being the gateway to the supernatural. Or the baptism of the Holy Ghost being the gateway to the supernatural. It, it takes you into the gifts that the Holy Spirit possesses. Uh, everybody out there say gifts. Yeah, it takes you into the gifts that the Holy Spirit uh, possesses. There's nine gifts that, that, are, that are locked up uh, with and in the Holy Spirit, and you have the key by way of the baptism of the Holy Ghost uh, to unlock these gifts. Now, some people say, uh, how do I use the gifts? How, how do I become proficient in the gifts? And the answer is praying in other tongues. Uh, it's very simple. Why? Because you become more accustomed, more comfortable to the person of the Holy Spirit. And and as you become more comfortable of the person, you intimately know him and, and you're not afraid or you're not fearful. Or you're not worried about what other people think as you build a relationship and you'll begin to know the, the very intent of the heart of the Holy Spirit. And the, the intent of a heart is where the gifts are. I'm preaching pretty good once again. You say, why do you say that all the time? Uh, because it's true. I, I'm releasing to you the word of God in such a way that you should be able to receive it and not be confused. I'm taking away the fear, the confusion, the myths, the doubt, and on and on it goes. Amen. So can I read it out of, you for, out of, the, uh, out of the Amplified? I love it out of the Amplified. It just amplifies. It doesn't change the meaning. Once again, religious people certain denominations, if you don't read a certain, you know, uh, you know, if you read it out of a different, uh, anything from the King James, you, you've defaced, disgraced the word of God. No, the Amplified just amplifies it. So here it says, uh, now about the, the, uh, the spiritual gifts, the special endowments given by the Holy Spirit, brothers and sisters, I don't want you to be uninformed. Uh, it says, verse two, uh, you know uh, that when you were pagans, you were led off after speechless idols. However, you were led off, whether by impulse or by habit. Therefore, I want you to know that no one speaks by the power and the influence of the Spirit of God can say, Jesus be cursed, and no one can say, Jesus is my Lord, except by the power and the influence of the Holy Spirit. Now, like I said before, the Holy Spirit deals with you in other areas where we can see where the Holy Spirit can influence uh, your heart uh, before you're baptized, so on and so forth. Now, there are distinctive varieties of the spiritual gifts, especially abilities given by the grace, extraordinary power of the Holy Spirit operating in believers. But it is the same Spirit who grants them and empowers believers. And there are distinct varieties of ministries and, and service, but is the same Lord uh, who is served. And there are distinctive ways of working to accomplish things, but is the same God who produces all things in all believers, inspiring, energizing, and empowering them. But to each one is given the manifestation of the Spirit, the spiritual illumination, and the enabling of the Holy Spirit for the common good. To one is given through the Holy Spirit the, t the power to speak uh, the message of wisdom. So one, there's a gift. The first gift of the Holy Spirit is, is wisdom. Uh, and to another, the power to express the word of knowledge. 
So these two come by way of prophecy. So the word of wisdom, and I'm not going to have time to teach in depth or in detail every gift, but I'll kind of go through them in like two or three minutes here. So the word of knowledge is the word of knowing, the, the knowing of God concerning a matter. It, it's not the knowing of you by extracting information concerning what you hear, what you see. Come on now. Uh, you, you, like you can gain knowledge that way. Like if I come in the church and you're a part of the little whisper group of the church, like you're a part of the, you know, the parking lot commandos that you know have little services out there and you're say do you see so and so do you see so and so and and you begin to now form opinions out of uh, so and so's attitude you know so and so may have yelled at somebody so and so may have been wearing something that you didn't agree with uh, so now you know something or you think you know something that, that's not the gift in operation though <laughs> the the gift is the knowledge of god the knowing of god uh, it's something that god knows that no other human being could know except God tell him. That's the knowledge of God. So then we get into the gift of uh, word of wisdom. The word of wisdom would, would be the wisdom of God, and those two usually work together because it would be like this. If I say uh, the, the, the knowledge, word of knowledge would be past or present. So let's say Dylan uh, every night goes in his closet wants to kill himself every night. And no one knows that. He hides in his closet. He doesn't, but let's just say he does. And, and his wife doesn't know, his kids don't know. No one knows. And I come up to him and I said, the Lord just showed me you go to your closet every night and you put a knife to your throat every night and you want to kill yourself. You're, you're severely tormented. And, and he would look at me and he would say, how could you know this? No one knows this. That's a word of knowledge. Now, usually comes the word of wisdom to set him free from that thing I just revealed. So then I'd come along and say, from the throne room of God once again, the word of wisdom comes from the mind of God, from the ability of God. It surpasses your ability, surpasses your opinions, surpasses your giftings, and, and God would show me, uh, you know, we're going to, uh, in wisdom deals with the present and the future. So I'd say, uh, this is what's caused you to feel this way, and we're going to deal with this. God's telling me to tell you to do this. And it might be, hey, come to the altar Sunday. It, it might be you got to forgive. It might be, but it's going to be the wisdom or, or the ability of God to set him free that comes alongside of that word of knowledge. But once again, you can't get into these gifts without the Holy Spirit. And your ability to operate in these gifts are going to become more proficient by praying in other tongues. Uh, come on now, say amen. Then, and then it goes a little further, the word of wisdom, uh, word of knowledge. Now, you don't get this gift like the gift comes and goes. The only person that owns, possesses these gifts, they're owned by the kingdom of God. The Holy Spirit is the author of the gifts, and he yields them to you for uh, assignments, specific assignments. You don't get them, uh, you know, uh, forever. Like the, the word, you don't just get the word of knowledge everywhere you go. No, he'll give it to you to deal with Dylan. He'll give it to you, uh, the word of wisdom, then it, then it, uh, you know, it retracts uh, until you need it again, and then it's given to you again. Uh, that's how they, they, they operate. Now, the word of wisdom is not you talking for 45 minutes and giving a dissertation. No, the word of wisdom would be a sentence, maybe two. Word of knowledge, a sentence, maybe two. Then shut up, because anything else is you. It's not the Holy Spirit. Uh, so then we go into... 
Uh, the word knowledge to another, uh, faith by the same spirit. The gift of faith, once again, is a beautiful gift given by God. Now, uh, I'll teach these in detail so I can give you scriptures where the word of knowledge was engaged, scriptures where the word of wisdom, uh, what it does, how does it, uh, how does it work, what does it sound like, and then I'll give you the scripture for another uh, faith. A lot of people think it's just a supernatural faith that comes on you, and it is, but the Bible, when we see this gift in operation, we see it produce two things, and that's protection and provision. Uh, so we can't say it's a supernatural faith just to do anything like it, like it just comes on me and it gives me the ability uh, to, to manifest anything in the realm of faith. No, that, that's not what it is. The, the Bible says you build your faith up by praying in the Holy Ghost. But this gift of faith, once again, I'll go through and I'll show you the different place in the Bible where the gift of faith was in operation, Old Testament, New Testament, where it yielded provisions and protection. All right, so let's go a little further. Uh, once again, uh, you become proficient by praying in the Holy Ghost. The gateway to this is the person of the Holy Spirit or being baptized in the Holy Ghost. And now the, those, those ignorant eyes or scales are removed and, and you walk into a, a realm that you didn't know existed. Uh, uh, amen. Uh, to another, the gifts of healing. Uh, put on an S there because it heals everything, and it's more than a one-time gift. So it's plural. It's always operating. Uh, God will put this on you. You don't walk around in it. Like you don't just walk around the mall, and you possess this gift, and you just fling it to everybody, and everybody gets healed. No, it's for a specific assignment that God will endow you with this power to get a specific assignment or a person healed from something. But the, the gift of healing, it'd be like this. I don't need the gift of faith in operation if someone comes to my meeting needing to be healed, they need the gift of healing. They don't need the gift of faith. If they come to my meeting to be healed, they don't need the gift of the word of knowledge. They need the gift of healing. Uh, so that's why they're, 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 there's variations of gifts, but the same spirit. So they can deal with uh, different things. Amen. Uh, to another prophecy, uh, once again, uh, to speak uh, and to understand something from God's uh, uh, the mind of God, and then to release it, to birth it into society, uh, prophetic utterance, uh, dealing with the unknown uh, and dealing with the future. Uh, then we have another discerning of spirits. So many people, this is probably the one that gets uh, confused the most. So many people just have a, a, I don't know if it's a gift or a curse, but they have an innate ability. And I don't know if it's being nosy. Uh, I, don't, I don't know what it is. But a lot of people think this is the gift of discernment. This is not, the gift of discernment is not a gift. There's no gift of discernment. So quit telling people, I have the gift of discernment. You don't have a gift of discernment. You may have the ability to read people. Uh, maybe, you, you may, I don't, maybe you're a busybody and you just listen to everything and you're always in the middle of whispers and you derive information from little clicky whispers. I don't know. Uh, but I was a bounty hunter for 13 years, and I, I learned how to read people. That didn't give me a gift of discernment. I, I, I learned the human brain after 13 years of de dealing with criminals. I, I learned tell signs of what someone was going to do before they ran, before they pulled a gun, before they lied, you know, whether they'd blink, whether they'd, they'd you know, twitch, you know, different. But that doesn't give me the gift of discernment. There's no gift of discernment. The gift is discerning of spirits. 
Now, this gift is wonderful because there's a lot of times where we deal with people that have demonic influence or are possessed by a demon, and that demon embeds himself and hides so good within a person that you're dumbfounded or confused. Well, that gift of discerning of spirits will allow you to see the spirit, to give you eyesight into the spirit realm and see the spirit that's behind the action or activity in the person so that you can deal with it. You, you start telling someone, hey, I'm going to cast that demon out of you. And the person says, I don't, well, I'm a Christian. I don't have a demon. You know, I, I love God. I don't have a demon. And then you go, oh, I thought you had a demon. Well, there may be a demon, but it's going to take the gift of discerning of spirits to discern this lying demon behind this person or, or in this person. Oh, I hope that helped you. That's pretty good. Amen. And then it says, to another, diverse kinds of tongues. Uh, we talked about this a couple of weeks ago. Uh, you have your prayer language, your tongue, but then you have a gift of tongues that we see that Paul was dealing with in, in the church of Corinth where people were sp uh, standing up out of one of the nine gifts and they would release a tongue and then several would try to interpret. And Paul said, let just let one interpret. You, the person giving the gift can interpret or let another interpret. But let's not do the whole service. Let's just let one or two, uh, you know, maybe three uh, give the, you know, the tongue and let, let, let one interpret it so that it be prophetic to the body of Christ and fruitful for the body of Christ. But that's separate than your prayer language. Uh, once again, you have the gift of tongues, prayer language, then you have one of the nine gifts that you can pray in a tongue that's not your prayer language, that the Holy Spirit will yield to you, and then you can interpret it. And then the last gift is the interpretation of the tongue, or to interpret that, that Holy Spirit gift tongue. Once again, it'll come in like a sentence, maybe two, maybe three, a paragraph at most, but this isn't your language. This is a gift from the Holy Spirit. And all these gifts are worked together. Uh, for the edifying, for the body of Christ, for the building up of the body of Christ, for the help of others uh, in the church. I hope that helped you. Tongues the gateway to the supernatural. Learn that, that you become more proficient in the spiritual things. Your flesh, your soul get built up, and your flesh and soul uh, begin to receive spiritual things as normal operations, day-to-day -day life, and they don't become, and they, they, that, that foreign thing, that foreign element is removed. Wow. I hope this helps you. I see so many of you online there. Uh, you know, remove the fear. God doesn't deal with fear. The Bible says, I've not given you a spirit of fear, power, love, and a sound mind. So if you've developed a fear uh, concerning a, a, a biblical matter, it did not come from God. Chances are it came from religion. It's, it's coming from a, a demonic influence of some sort, some kind. Uh, but God doesn't deal with you in fear. Let me tell you something else for another day. Uh, uh, the Lord spoke to me the other day and says, you want to beat uh, the fears of life? Uh, learn how to fear God. And in fearing God, you'll beat every fear in, in this planet on this earth. That's for another day. I love you. God bless you. Like the page. Now send it. Share it out. Uh, I see, once again, everybody, I'm stretching my hands toward all your names on the screen. I love all of you. Thank God for you. Until next time, Pastor Rich, God bless you.